Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. where we've been looking at with great intent uh, at Galatians and it would help if I was not looking at James instead. Galatians chapter 5. And uh, we've been looking at verses 22 and 23 uh, talking about the the fruit of the Spirit. And we've been looking at this character of life that Paul is encouraging the church at Galatia to adopt. And we've been talking about the, the, uh, the purpose and the, and the drive that Paul has, is seeking to address in the church at Galatia is the fact that uh, they have been uh, influenced by outside forces, people that are uh, uh, called Judaizers. They're basically uh, people who were seeking to be legalistic in their drive to... to, to uh, push these new believers into an idea of being uh, consumed with the law, consumed with following the law. And while uh, we are not Jewish here, and we are not individuals who uh, have a heritage of following after the law, uh, like uh, the believers here in Galatia had influencing their life, uh, the the simple matter of the fact is, is that we have people in our world today in within the church. We have people within our Christian circles that do have a sense of legalism to this day uh, that still seek to push uh, this type of attitude. Uh, uh, and that is seen in the fact that you have individuals who come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior uh, today and or people that resist becoming uh, part of a church and accepting Christ into their life because they say, oh, no, 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 I don't want to go up there and be at church because all you people are the same. You're a bunch of hypocrites. And what they mean is, is that you've got all these rules that uh, people uh, within the church... Uh, are characterized as trying to force on people in their lives. Oh, you can't uh, go around with long hair and you can't go around with tattoos on your arm or you can't go around with uh, uh, doing this kind of adi- uh, doing this uh, activity and doing that activity when uh, in reality these things are not a part of uh, being prohibited by the Ten Commandments or the teaching of Jesus, but these are more in line with things that are part of uh, tradition. 
we have people that are legalistic about, oh, you can't have the piano on this side. It's got to be on that side. Why? Well, that's just how it's always been. And, and that's their excuse for things. Oh, we have to have... Uh, Sunday school start at 10. Why? Because that's always how it's been. Uh, can't we start at 9.45? No, it can't be 9.45. We always have Sunday school at 10. Uh, what about starting Sunday school at 10.15? No, we can't. It's got to be 10. It's always been at 10. And that's just how the way it is. Well, that's legalism. That's, uh, and I'm just using that as an example. I'm not pushing to change our, our Sunday school time here or anything like that or moving the piano. Uh, the whole matter of the fact is, is that a lot of these things are just uh, the way that it's just been for so long for a reason that was prevalent uh, and was sensible at the time when uh, things were instituted. But uh, they don't have a whole lot of sway on us today because, uh, well... Um, uh, Brother Leon's uh, a farmer still, but you don't have cows to go out and feed. So you don't have to worry about uh, being able to have time to go out and feed the cows and the chickens before you come to church. You're not working a farm like a lot of people did uh, way back when uh, churches began to, to, to decide the times in which they would meet. Uh, you didn't have, you don't, I don't have to go out to the plant and make sure things are running appropriately and work three or four hours before coming to church. Uh, uh, that's not the case. So, uh, you know, the terms in, ter- in terms of uh, dictating the time that we start, it's more of a traditional thing because that's just what we've grown accustomed to. Same way with the piano being on one side as opposed to another. It just It's just where we put the piano because it fit and it might have made sense at one time to put it there, but it could just as well be over here. It could be in the middle of the floor. We could have church without piano. We could have church with just guitars or we could have church without music, uh, musical instruments at all. Uh, it's whatever we feel led of the Spirit at the time to do uh, in terms of, of, of being uh, able to be one in the Spirit and worshiping God. Uh, we don't have to follow certain dictates in terms of, well, we got to have pews that have uh, cushions on the bottom but not cushions on the top. Why? Well, that's just how we've always had it. Well, couldn't we have cushions on both or we could have pews without cushions at all? Yes, of course. Uh, but some people get legalistic about certain things. Uh, we don't have to do cert- uh, things in a certain way in those types of things, but we do still uh, to this day have people that are legalistic about certain things because of the fact that they just seem to have this this uh, idea that things have to be in a certain way. Uh, Paul is trying to push uh, these new believers uh, back into the faith of Jesus Christ, trusting in Him, having the characteristics of Christ in their life and not uh, being consumed by the legalism of the Judaizers. And so we cut, we've looked at the different attributes of uh, the Spirit of God and Paul is saying, look, don't be of the Spirit of the law because the Spirit of the law leads to sinful behavior. These sins, uh, rather than uh, uh, the spirit of the law is not necessarily to push us away from that sinful beha- behavior, but uh, in reality, it pushes us 
uh, to the works of the flesh. Flesh, And he says in verse 19, the works of the flesh are manifest, and these are adultery, fornication, uh, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, uh, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such the like of which I tell you before I have also uh, told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And so he's saying if we just simply look at the things that we shouldn't do and the things that the law is telling us that we shouldn't do, our natural tendency is not to stay away from the works of the flesh, but rather to fall into the works of the flesh because we see uh, we're working off of a works-based faith. And Paul is saying uh, in the in the in the influence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, as he's writing this letter to the church at Galatia, we need to have the fruit of the Spirit, to have the attributes of God in our life of love and joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. And the next one that we're looking at is, uh, is meekness, or uh, as in some translations, it is uh, also the word for gentleness. And so it is a mildness or a gentleness in uh, the dealing with people. So uh, Paul is saying we need to, in our life, we need to be the type of people that are gentle. We are uh, uh, mild in our behavior. And what this word really is talking about is different from the gentleness that is mentioned before. This meekness that uh, that Paul is, is calling for is best described by uh, Greek philosopher Aristotle that came much later after Paul and he defined it as a means or a, uh, a balance between the extremes of excessive anger and the inability to get angry. So what he's talking about is, is this meekness, this gentleness is, is being somewhere in the middle of uh, having excessive anger and the and the lack of anger, and and the question is is well how, how why would someone uh, this attribute relate to anger in their life, and usually it uh, what it boils down to is this gentleness of nature, this meekness relates to your uh, uh, willingness to have Lord, uh, Christ as the Lord of your life. What, what is your willingness? To, and, and, and this seems to be like a, a direct turn away from anger because usually anger is related to what? Anger is related to our attitude towards one another, right? And so you say, well, how can you say this, this attribute of meekness is a, a, as described by Aristotle as being in between uh, extremely angry and not able to be angry. How's that relate to lordship? Well, what this word also conveys is it is a uh, it is talking about submissiveness, and and usually our anger is related to whether or not someone is telling us how to do things. Uh, usually we think uh, when you go about your business, when you go about the things you do, I guarantee you that unless you have a great insecurity about what you're doing, usually you think you're doing it right. It doesn't matter what you're doing, you usually think whatever it is you're doing, you think it is the right way of doing things. 
even though some people might do it completely opposite of the way you do it, you think you're doing everything in the right way. And this attitude that is uh, characterized by gentleness or meekness is a submissiveness of teachability, of having a teachable spirit. More importantly, this attitude of having a teachable spirit is uh, in relationship to our relationship with God. It is a modesty or a consideration towards allowing God to be the Lord of your life, of being uh, allowing God to, to be the Lord of your life. Now, here's how it relates to the angriness that Aristotle was talking about was, and, and you have to remember, Aristotle is a philosopher. He's not uh, an apostle. He's not a, uh, a person that was used by the Holy Spirit to write Scripture. So uh, I'm just trying to make a mental link for you uh, in talking about this. And Aristotle was basically talking from a linguistic uh, attitude of here's what this word means and how it was used in a general uh, context in that particular time. Um, when we are not uh, willing to allow God to instruct us in how we should live. When we're not willing to be submissive towards those who have a spiritual authority over us, when we're unwilling to allow God to, uh, to teach us and move us in, a, in the direction that He would have us to go, to lead us in His will, what is our tendency to do? Our tendency is to do whatever we want to do. We do uh, God says go over here, we go over there. Uh, God says do this, we don't do it, and we go over here and do something else. We're like uh, Jonah. Uh, what was Jonah's problem? Uh, God said, hey, go over to these people and evangelize them because they are a wicked people and I'm about to destroy them. What's Jonah do? He goes the opposite direction. He says, I'm not going to go over there. I don't like those people. And if I go over there... God's, I know what you're going to do. You're going to work in their heart and life and, and you better believe they're going to repent and turn away from their wickedness and you'll spare them because they'll turn their hearts around. And God, I, know, I just know that you are gracious enough to where if they turn their hearts back to you, you won't destroy them. And my heart's desire is... Jonah's saying, my desire is that those uh, Samaritans, they, uh, they, those individuals over there, they, that they just get uh, destroyed. I don't like them, and so I, I'm ready for them to be destroyed. And uh, God said, wait a minute, I don't want you going the opposite direction. I want you to go back over here, and I want you to, uh, to witness to them. And so God had to change the heart of Jonah before he before Jonah could be used to change the heart of that whole city of that whole region to turn them back to uh, uh, worship God and so uh, when Jonah was going away from God his desire was to follow Jonah's will right and he paid for it right that's right he 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 wound up uh, God uh, wound up bringing a great storm and and was about to destroy the, uh, that little boat that Jonah was in. Uh, and he said, look, it's my fault. So uh, he told the sailors to throw him overboard. And that's when God brought grace. That's when God brought redemption into Jonah's life. 
And Jonah understood the grace of God. And, you know, it was a good thing he did because he was able to display that and to, uh, to explain that to the people that uh, God was sending him to in Nineveh to share with them God's great love. And so Jonah was able to say, look, I was, I was going so far away from what God wanted me to do and I deserve to die in that watery pit at the bottom of the sea. But God saved me through using a great fish to bring me directly here to you so that I could preach the gospel. Uh, well, we call it the gospel today, but he preached redemption to God. Same thing as what we call the gospel today. And so... Uh, uh, he was able to then be used of God in the way that God intended him originally to be used. But when we resist God, uh, we don't always go so quietly and so easily uh, as I just portrayed Jonah doing. I mean, let me tell you, Jonah was, was adamant about this. And we get angry with God. God, why do I have to do that? And I'm sure Jonah was angry with God too. God, why do I have to go to Nineveh to talk to these people? I don't want to go there. I, those people are awful. They, uh, they are cruel to the people that are all around them. And they go out and they, uh, they destroy uh, nations and they take people captive. Jonah had a real uh, uh, dislike for them, a hatred. And so this, this word gentleness or meekness is the ability to allow God to teach us, to move us, to change our heart. Rather than going through the anger of, of being angry with God and moving away from what God's desire is, it is a willingness to be submissive to God, to be teachable, a submissiveness to God's will. And we are told about this submissiveness throughout Scripture. Uh, and and uh, Jesus talks about our, uh, being, having a heart that is uh, uh, usable to God because we're willing to, for God to change our heart and to mold us and create within us the type of heart. And so uh, what we're called to have this fruit of the Spirit is a gentleness, a willingness to be used of God. It is the opposite of an arrogant or self-aggressive uh, personality. And let me tell you, there's a lot of people in church today that have the opposite of the gentleness or the uh, meekness that is mentioned here because they, they have this attitude within the... Uh, there's people within the church today that have this attitude, well, I know everything there is about being a Christian. I've been a Christian for 50 years. I've been a Christian for 60 years. I've been a Christian for 80 years. Listen, uh, if you don't have a meek heart, a submissive heart, a willingness to be used of God, a willingness to allow God to, to move and, and, and uh, to guide you in your life, then you're missing it. You don't have uh, a willingness to be used of God. There's a lot of people in the church 
that have this attitude of, well, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I should do. You can't teach me anything new. You can't... Uh, listen, it's not whether or not I, as a feeble uh, pastor, can teach you anything out of God's Word new that you don't already knew. No. It's, the question is whether or not God is able to move your heart. Whether or not God is able to take, use His Word, use His message to mold you, to change you, to, to bend you, to, to create within you the kind of heart that sees an individual in need. And it moves you to compassion to help that person regardless of their skin color, regardless of their uh, socioeconomic status, regardless of their connections, regardless of, of whatever you want to hang on them that would keep you from um, reaching out to them in love and compassion. An attitude of your heart that moves you to love your neighbor Despite the fact that you think, oh, I know everybody that is in my community. I know all of them are Christian. Oh, really? How's that? How do you know that? Well, I know them because they're all good people. Well, have you witnessed to them? Have you uh, looked within their heart to see if they have a, uh, uh, the fruits of the Spirit? Have you looked? Uh, do you, are, you, are you the Spirit of God that you are able to look into their heart and know deep down within them that they have Jesus Christ? You see, only God knows the condition of the heart. We're to be a witness to people everywhere we go at all times, regardless of who they might be. Because guess what? The person that is sitting beside you in church for the last 40 years that's been teaching Sunday school might have been a deacon, maybe an individual that has convinced themselves that they've been a Christian all their life while missing the message of Jesus Christ and never accepting Christ into their heart. They've just been walking uh, the walk that they think a Christian's supposed to walk and they need to hear the gospel message. Now, I'm not saying that, that everybody that uh, sits in the church is, is unsaved. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there are people within our churches that have been in church for all of their life and uh, have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, potentially. So we've got to be always willing to share the gospel, always willing to share the Word of God, always willing to have the Spirit of God work within our life because we never know who we're witnessing to. We never realize that that person that we might share about what God is doing in your life today might actually be a person that needs to hear that message, needs to have uh, the impact of the Spirit of God upon their life, needs to have their life uh, changed and transformed by uh, repentance or just a simple uh, submission to the Spirit of God in their life, maybe even need to have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You see, we're not called to save people. We're called to share the gospel. We're called to share the gospel day in and day out, regardless of who it might be, and allow the Spirit of God to be the one that saves. Allow the Spirit of God to be the one that discerns. Allow the power of Jesus Christ to save their soul. You and I don't save people. We just merely share the gospel. We share the holy word of God. And we are then being used of God. We have a gentle spirit, a spirit in it within us that can be swayed and moved by the spirit of God to fulfill his will in our life. Let us have a gentle heart 
a, a meek heart, a submissive heart to the Spirit of God in us. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, I pray that You'd lead us. Lead us to share Your Word. Lead us to be faithful to You uh, to You in all that we do. Lord, allow uh, within us the, the meek gentleness in our heart that allows us to be uh, moved by the Spirit of God to live and to walk in the pathway of righteousness and to be willing to change when Your Spirit points out in our life the things that are wrong. Be willing to, to move and to go where You lead us to go. Be willing to serve where you call us to serve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.